Maseches Kilayim Parak Gil Mishnah Beis until Parak Gil Mishnah Hay. The third parak of Kilayim goes through lots of different formations that a field can be planted in, and whether they are permissible or not. Now the first of those formations we discussed in the previous Mishnah, where you have a small patch in the shape of a square, and we said that you could plant up to five species in there. And we said that if there's a border around this square, then as long as the border is a tefah high and a tefah wide, then you can plant different species in the border itself, such that altogether in that patch, you can plant 13 different species. Now we're about to see that that only applies if the things you're planting in that patch are generally planted in small quantities. But if what you are planting in that patch is generally planted in massive fields, then planting so few of them right next to each other does look like kilayim. You can only plant 5 or 13 different species very close to each other in the arrangement described in the previous Mishnah. If anyway they're generally planted in small quantities, so that over here it does not look so much like kilayim. So the Mishnah tells us, Kolmin Zroim, any type of seed which comes under the category of Zroim, and that refers to seeds which are generally planted in large quantities, in Zorim Baruga you cannot plant in the square patch described in the previous Mishnah. It's only the Kolmin Yurakos, types of green vegetables or green plants, which are generally planted in smaller quantities, so those things, zone by Ruga, you would be able to plant in the patch in the arrangement described in the previous Mishnah. So for example, mustard seeds, and some sort of smooth bean, that would be under the category of minzerotim, of seeds which are generally planted in large quantities, so in this case they could not be part of this arrangement. On the other hand, some sort of large beans which are generally planted in small quantities, minzerotim, are considered a type of green vegetable such that they could be planted in this arrangement. Now as you mentioned, if there's a border around this aruga, this square patch, then not only can you plant five different species in total in this patch, but you can actually plant 13. And it's important to remember that many of the laws which we're discussing, most of the laws which we're discussing, the reason why something might be forbidden, or why you might not be able to plant any more than 13, let's say, is because it looks like Hilayim. So you've got to have a very neat arrangement, it's got to be set out in a distinct way. But the Mishnah tells us that if you had a border around this patch, which was a tefach high and a tefach wide, so you could plant 13, and you did plant 13 different species there, but after planting the 13 different species, then it's smart. This border became smaller, it eroded, it got filled out with a few things, so it's no longer a tefach wide. So although you can't plant any more in there, and you wouldn't have been able to plant 13 had it been like this originally, but right now you're allowed to keep what you planted there already, because it's still arranged in a neat, distinct manner. Kosher, it's allowed, it's still valid, because it was valid at the beginning, and therefore it remains valid, because nothing too significant has changed, such that now it should look like kilayim, and you should have to remove the species. Alright, now we saw in the previous perek that the distance which you need to leave between one type of green plant or one type of particular seed and another is six tefachim. If it's grains, then it's a base reva, but for other things it's six tefachim. Now we've got a slightly unusual arrangement here where hatelem, there's a furrow, there's a long ditch from plowing in the field, sort of a long hole in the ground, the amas hamayim, or a channel of water which has dried up, shaymamukim tefach, which is one tefach deep, and some explain it to be six tefachim wide specifically. So you would think that you can only plant two seeds maximum in this furrow, one on one side and one on the other side, and they'd be separated by six tefachim. However, because it goes down into the ground a little bit, you're in fact allowed to do the following. You can plant three different seeds inside there, one on one side of the fire, one, one on the other side. But as well as that, you could also plant another seed in the middle on a lower level because it's no longer on the same level as the other two seeds, so it can be planted closer to them than usual. 
The truth is it still does need to be at least a tefach and a half away from another seed, even if it's on a different level, because within a tefach and a half, different seeds gain nutrition from each other. They're actually physically gaining from each other. So it does at least have to be distanced that much, but that is still significantly less than the usual distance which needs to be left in between two seeds which are planted. Mishnah Gimel, previously in the Masechta, we've come across the concept of Reish Tur, where the corner of a field or a corner of a patch of species is touching an area of the field which is planted with a different species. But because it's only the corner which is touching, it's recognizable that it's from a different part of the field, and that it's not mixed together, and therefore it's allowed. Now we saw that with regards to grain, but now the mission is going to tell us that, that applies to vegetables as well, or to green plants. If there was a Rosh Tur, there was a corner, of a patch of green plants entering into a field of a different type of green plant. Mutter, it's permitted, because once again, it appears to be the end of his field, and they are clearly distinct and separate. Now, in general, as we have seen, the distance between one field planted with green plants and another field planted with a different green plants, if it's not Rosh Tur, then it's going to be six to Fachim. However, that's when both types of green plants are fields. But we're going to see now that if somebody somebody had a field which was planted with one type of green plant and he wants to plant inside it, inside that field, a row of another type of green plant. So he's not planting an entire field. If he was, then he just leaves six to fucking gap and plants it. But he wants to actually plant just a row. This doesn't necessarily mean just one plant, one seed going across the whole field. It could be a few, but it means that it's just one strip going across the field. Now, because this is much smaller, it's not like one field next to another field. It looks much more like it's a different species planted in a different field, which would be Kelayim. It's not as distinct because this row is much less significant than the field, which is planted with a different species. And because of that, Rabbi Yishmol, Rabbi Yishmol says that as well as having a distance of six fochim between this row, this strip, and the rest of the field, the strip also has to go across the entire field. You can't just have a strip which goes to like the middle of the field and then stops, even if you leave the distance. Rather, it's only allowed if the furrow, or the area of unplanted land, left in between the two species, if that spreads from one end of the field to the other end. So if you see in the first diagram for this Mishnah, the way he would do this is have a strip of this other type of green plant going from one end to the other, and on either side he would have furrows which are unplanted. And those, of course, are six fucking wide. However, Biakiva says that the strip does not need to go across the entire field. He agrees that you can't just plant a tiny strip, because then it literally looks like it's just another species planted in that field. However, according to Biakiva, it's enough that the length of these furrows which are planted on either side only need to be six to fachim long, and its width should be its fullness. This basically means that the width is the same, meaning that the two furrows on either side have to be six by six to fachim at least. But now if you're going with your Akiva, that means that the strip doesn't go across to the other side of the field, so you might need to even leave a gap of 6x6 Tzvachim again at the end of the strip so that you can plant beyond that point in the field the other type of green plant, and this is illustrated in the second diagram for this Mishnah. Now Rabbi Yehuda is even more lenient, and he says, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, that he agrees with Rabbi Akiva that the strip does not need to go across the whole field. But whereas Rabbi Akiva said that the width of the furrow, the, which is really the distance which needs to be left between the strip and the field, is six to fachim, according to Rabbi Akiva, according to Rabbi Yehuda, however, 
the width of this furrow, so the distance of the strip of one green plant to the rest of the field, only needs to be the size of the width of a foot, which is actually one tefach, and Rabbi Huda learns this from a posuk, which talks about the size of a foot, and planting fields. So from that posuk, Rabbi Huda learns that a tefach is the distance in this scenario which has to be left. Mishadalad, we're going to see now another application of the idea that if there's lots of one produce planted, then it looks like a significant field, and therefore distinct from another species. But if there's only one row, then it looks more like it's mixed together, not distinct, so it would be more problematic. Says the Mishnah, when he plants two rows of melons, two rows of gourds, and then two rows of Egyptian bean. So altogether there are six rows, two, two, and two. So because there are two rows of each thing, it's like there are three different fields planted next to each other, and each one is considered distinct in and of itself, and therefore it does not look like Helayim, so mutter, it's permitted to be planted in this manner. However, if there's only one row of melons, if there's only one row of gourd, and then there's only one row of Egyptian bean, so one row is not considered significant enough, and therefore it looks like they're just mixing together. So also it's forbidden, and the truth is this does not apply to most produce, but these things grow fast and far. We've already seen this idea with diluin, with gourds, but because they grow a lot and entangle themselves, so if there's only one row of each, then they're mixing together. It very much looks like Kilayim, and therefore it's forbidden. Now we're going to have a middle case. If there's Shurshal Kishuin, there's one row of melons. Next to that, there's Shurshal Durim, one row of gourds, Shurshal Palamitri, and then a row of Egyptian bean. So the same as the second case. However, now, as well as that, the next row along is the Shurshal Kishuin, another row of melon. So you've got a one row of melon, then gourd, then Egyptian bean, and then melon again. So according to Rebeliezer, Rebeliezer permits this, because he says, hey, there are two rows of melons, so even though they don't, they're not next to each other, we still view this as a melon field, so then there are just two more rows planted in there of a different species. So if you follow the instructions of the previous Mishnah, then you'll be able to plant there. However, forbid it. Even if you do follow the previous Mishnah and you leave all the distances which you need to leave, you cannot do that here because again, it does not. We don't view it as a melon field because since the two melon rows are not next to each other, we just view this again as just four different rows next to each other, which very much looks like kilayim, and therefore it would be forbidden even if you do leave distances in between them. Mishnah, hey, as we have stressed, much of the forbidden activities involved in kilayim is only midrabanan because it looks like kilayim. Midarais on a Torah level, the prohibition of kilayim with the seeds is when you take one seed and another seed which is a different produce and you plant them together at the same time. Pretty much everything else is mejabanon. And in our mission, we're going to see that very clearly and a practical implication of that. One is allowed to plant a melon seed and a gourd seed, the sechguma achas, into one hole. One small hole next to each other. You can plant them there as long as you don't literally put them with it, you don't plant them together. The point is you don't need to distance them as you would normally need to. As long as this one leans to one side and the other species, the other seed leans to the other side. So if you make sure that when they grow, they grow in opposite directions, even these plants which generally entangle with each other would be permitted to be planted in this way, right next to each other. And then the next phrase sort of repeats what we just said. In fact, many Mishnahists delete the next phrase. The He should make the hair of one of the seeds lean this way and the hair of the other seed lean the other way. And that's permitted. Why? Because everything which the Chachom forbade with regards to Kelayim, like Gozru element of 
They only made those decrees because of Maisa Iron, because it looks like they're doing something forbidden. And therefore, if you make it clear that it's not mixed together, and that there are two different things which grow, they don't grow as one combined produce. The gourd bite grows as a gourd, and the melon grows as a melon. So that if there's no longer Maisa Iron, if it no longer looks like they're being planted together, then it's permitted even in this one hole.